Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. I'm your host, Javon, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey guys, have uh, welcome back to the newest episode of the Final Whistle. I hope y'all have been doing good. The week has been um, very good so far when you're listening to this podcast. And I just hope y'all have a good day or good night whenever you're listening as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we also have um, two recurring guests, um, Ryan and Andrew. What's up, guys? What's going on? Thank you for having us again. Yeah, welcome back. What's going on, everyone? Thanks again. Yep, yep, yep. And you know what that means. We we have a full house, so uh, let's get into it. Right. Kicking it off with Champions League. Who wants to start? No, No takers? No takers want to start first? I mean... I guess I'll start. I mean, play the match then. I mean, play the season for so far for the UCL. What's your? I think we can all unilaterally agree that it's Kavitskelia, Kavara Kavitskelia from Napoli. He has been fantastic. This man is. This man takes you back to what it is to be a natural winger, in my opinion. The way he plays, he plays it up forward mindset you play um with a mindset of retaining the ball and actually have productivity at the end of it so he got a unilateral vote from all of us yeah he's a really fantastic player from georgia and it's not every day you see players coming from that country as well so it's really unique to see him uh produce producing these performances and you know not only bought for like i believe it's 10 10 mil or 4 mil or so along with Gio Simeone, Diego Simeone's son. And he's been like one of the best wingers out there right now. Besides Shakhtar player, um, what's his name again? Redek? Something like that? Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but yeah, he's fantastic. I don't think he can go anything less than 60 million. Yes, nothing what? less than 60 million. Which teams do you think Sorry. could use his services most within like this next step window or the following one after? Mm-hmm. You know what well, I will say, Chelsea. Are we need that creative. I know he's linked to Man City. He's linked to Man City, Paris Saint Germain, and PSG as of right now. So I don't they know what's going to happen. They got Grealish. If I were him, I, I would stay put. I would stay put. Stay. I, would, I really would stay yeah. put. Build, build yourself up there. You know, you got yeah. to get where, win something. where you yeah. are. I would win, Why I would change win some right kind now? of cup. I would win some kind of cup. Yeah, he can definitely. I agree with right you. Right now, Napoli are top of their league. Yeah, they can and win the league right now. They're clear already. So they exactly. can win the league this year. You just need to push so, out. Come next year, come to Chelsea. Get the number 10. Take Pulisic. If, if, push, Actually, if, bro. Push, if push comes to shove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You were saying something, Andrew? No, I was agreeing with you, Javon, that we should honestly do that. That trade. <laughs> yeah, Pulisic. Yep. To be honest, if push come to shove, he sh- he should try and win something, then leave because they'll be like the sun and the state. Yeah, yeah, leave Italy. Um, which brings us to at a, a point that I just thought thought about. Um, Javier and I have had our back and forth on this. Um, so I want Andrew and Ryan to give us their thoughts on this. Uh, what do you guys think about the level of Italian football as compared to the rest of the leagues in Europe? Uh, 
in my opinion, I think it's getting a lot better, a lot more competitive. It's not as defensive minded as it once, you know, was where teams would let, you know, the Italian teams would let the, you know, other teams come at them first and then formulate a plan to counterattack on them. Napoli, you look at them the way they tore Liverpool up this season. They, they look pretty good. Teams like Atlanta from a few years ago, they were yeah. they would take it to their opposition. Milan, Absolutely. they're also doing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Juventus, they're struggling right now. At, I, I, I do see a rise in Italian football, and hopefully maybe that could benefit their national team in four years from now. They could come back to the World Cup. World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, as you're saying that, uh, Inter Milan is looking for a new buyer right now, and some investors are trying to buy Roma and mm-hmm. also Atalanta, Fiorentina, and Genoa right now as well. So I guess Genoa. people are looking into Syria. But I think is while I while I agree with that with what Ryan said there, I still view Italian teams as very like opportunistic when I look at the CL as a whole. Because I would rather verse like Inter Milan versus a Dortmund, for instance. I would genuinely say that. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Chelsea mm. did best Milan too in their group stages. So, and the, yeah, the I thing is, it's also like AC Milan lost to a pretty very poor Chelsea side twice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost badly. The, yeah. it, it, it covered it, the, those games covered the cracks because I actually got fooled. I was like, we're playing better. Chelsea stopped playing because majority over those two games around the 60 and 70 minutes, we stopped playing. We, yeah. So we just played to keep Yeah, the I know. Funny, yeah. Fu- funny enough, yeah, I, was telling, I was telling Javon that I was expecting AC Milan to actually beat just the way they have been, you know, coming off the win of the Serie last season that they're stepping up a bit, but uh, that wasn't really the case either way. But they yeah, have been stuttering a bit this season still either way. Yeah. But while I say that, I still agree that, like, they have been getting a lot better over the years. Like, it's not, like, where it was where people were, honestly, I, like, yeah. three years ago, I would have predicted them to be, like, very bottom of the barrel at this point, where the German League would probably be definitively better than them. Yeah. With, with many yeah. teams better than, like, their league. Yeah. Which which puts the everything into perspective, because look what Inter Milan did to Barcelona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. Yeah. Sent them packing. Packing. But yeah, just before we get into um the teams that dropped out of the UCL, Barcelona. Uh, let's look at some of the teams that um we think that can win it. Uh, so we'll just go around the table here and just think what you expect from these teams that are able to win it. Everyone's gonna say, I know everyone's gonna say, oh, it depends on who you join the next round, but. I'm going to have Ryan start. Uh, so what do you think about, like, City? So the teams we have are City, PSG, Real Madrid, and Napoli to potentially win it. Um, Ryan chose to cover City, so I'll have him do that. All right. And to reiterate your point, it all depends on who you draw. But I'm looking at it because City <laughs> can actually verse PSG in the first leg uh, since PSG finished second to Benfica. That was a wild uh, six-goal thriller that Benfica had. You know, they didn't. I don't know if they realized that they needed six goals and they were just casually racking it up, and they got it. Uh, but yeah, uh, if City could get PSG in the first uh, round, that would be amazing to watch. Both of those clubs have been chasing again. Ah, City. You know, they they're dominant. I won't ignore that, especially in the league. Uh, in Champions League, that's 
what they've been trying to chase. And I've seen Pep make some crazy decisions when it comes to the Champions League. Uh, certain games where he can brush certain teams aside, you know, they, they're very laborious, even with Holland on the field. Um, and I think Holland could be the key for them to win it this year. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Andrew, PSG? I'd say I, I like the idea that Ryan had of Man City and PSG versing each other and letting like the uh, essentially like the biggest sports washers in history go at each other and ruin each other's respective uh, hopes of getting the trophy they've been both desperately trying to get for the past like decade now essentially. So overall, but overall with PSG, I think as long as Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe can work together, then they can essentially accomplish anything. Like. It's it's limitless if they can work together, and that they're in the back five supports them and defends enough, defends well enough, and they score, and that essentially cannot score any team. Yep, yep, yep. I hundred percent agree. I would say for that is just like the supporting cast. Um, Javier, you want to take Napoli? Yeah, I will. Boy, Napoli is a really exciting team this season to actually watch. Not only Syria, but also the Champions League as well. They finished second despite, you know, the result at Anfield. But, man, the players that they have is just wonderful. Uh, Victor... Well, Lund- the group? Huh? All right. Napoli top of the group? I yeah, they top their group as they, well. They top, they top their group. And goal goal difference, right? And goal hmm. difference. Yeah, they top their group. Goal 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 oh, goal difference. Oh, okay. But, yeah, there's some exciting group of players right now who can do so damage in the Champions League. Lozano, Simeone, you know, Kurt Skeller as well. It's it's a really exciting group. Let's not forget that um the defender um what's his name again? Uh the, the defender they bought from I believe it's the J League. Um Min Min J Kim, I believe. Yeah, he's been really good as a pull ball replacement and he's really solid yeah. in their defense as of right now. Mm-hmm. But I believe they can go far enough. I am predicting that these these semifinals or probably quarterfinals. I cannot really give too much hope to them because, you know. Champions League is very unpredictable and, you know, things, anything ha- can happen in the Champions League, but I hope they can at least reach the quarterfinals or so still. But in their group, they have showed complete dominance and yeah, they did finish up as I'm seeing right now and that actually boosts their moral that they have to go far as possible in this competition right now. And I'm really looking forward to them to, you know, reach for the Champions League. They can really do it. And I believe they can do the do. And that will take Real Madrid. Real Madrid, 13 times champions of Europe. Is it 13 or 14? Oh, I think they, it's they, 14. They've, yeah, won, think it's 14. they've won the, this Champions League title more times than anybody in the competition. The two closest teams that I can think about are Liverpool and AC Milan. Real Madrid, honestly, on form, they're great. Um, Freddy Valverde has been playing excellent. Karim Benzema is just continuing from last season. He has picked up a few injuries, but not too much to fuss about. Chouameni has stepped in, and I would say, in my opinion, thus far has filled the boots of the missing Casemiro. Um, Kamavinga, Kamavinga is playing more of a starting role. Cruz, back to his scintillating best over the past couple of weeks. And Modric, he's like fine wine. He gets better with age. I can see them honestly making another deep run. But the cynical cynic in me says that I don't think they're going to retain their title. I think a new team is going to lift the title. 
not necessarily a new time new team for the first year, but a different team is gonna lift the title this year. Um, while Real Madrid are while Real Madrid are the only team to have done done it back to back to back. I don't see them um, doing a doing the repeat this year. Only because I don't see them making that run. Um, it is a World Cup year. Majority of the players are gonna focus their time and energy towards the World Cup, and I don't think they have ine- inevitably have the legs to carry them all the way. But it's Real Madrid. This is the Champions League. This is where they come alive. This is where the football gods go with them. You'd figure at some point maybe Real Madrid would slow down. Oh, well, Modric and Kroos, right? Yeah. Uh, or maybe they could just focus all on the Champions League and give the Liga to Barca. I don't know if they would want to do that either. Yeah. But you'd look I mean, at it as like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why they got Kevin Vigner too many, right? So they could start at least saving Modric and Kroos for like one game every like week, every summer or whatever, so they don't have to play like this crazy schedule yes. of a game every three days. Right, exactly. Yeah. They they have these new players to kind of transition into the new midfield, yep. and I it's gotta say, Fede Valverde has been world absolutely world class so far. Yeah, he's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is Junior's continuing his form too. Yeah, he's. Right, yeah. Hope he can he's brings just, it with Brazil. Yeah, in Brazil. You and me both, brother. But I would love to see one fine thing from uh, Vinicius Junior. Just take chances more. Take more chances. There's a lot of times where I know he, he's one-on-one and he can easily start it home. He passes it off. But for his um development, I'd like to... What did Jose Marino say about Benzema? Become a killer. I would love to see Vinicius Jr. become that killer because if he can fix that, he's up there with mm-hmm. Mbappe. I gotta say, if he could get that killer instinct... Yeah. I would probably say... potentially be Benz- the best player in the world. Benzema would probably need to leave for that to happen because just based on how they clashed before and that dynamic they have, like he's always mm-hmm. going to be like his son until Benzema leaves. So he probably won't have okay. that, like hey, that, that that like freedom to do that till then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I'm 100% agree. And that wraps up our discussion on teams that we see potentially winning uh, the Champions League. Now let's take it to a happy. Part of, part of the program of mine. Teams who dropped out. And I'm going to start with Juventus. Me, I'll take Juventus. Yeah, I'll divvy up the rest. Juventus, to me, this is a fall from grace. Over the last 10 years, Juventus has been to the, the final, what, two times? One against Barca and one against Real Madrid. Um, You'd think they'll be building on from there. Juventus was a team that said, hey, we, were, we went to the final twice. Let's sign Ronaldo because he could get us over the line. That completely backfired. Because when Ronaldo went there, he went to a team expecting to be the finished article, but at that time the team was in mid-transition to from a team, um, from a young team, from Juventus saying, because remember when Ronaldo went there, he would change coach to Perlo. They're saying, okay, we want to build a young team, but let's have Ronaldo. That doesn't work. With Ronaldo, you have to have experience because Ronaldo went there, I think, 33 at the time. 33, 30, 33 to 35. Um, while he was even the top scorer in the um, Italian Serie it just never worked in the Champions League. And that causes the... I know today's form for Juventus is a byproduct of what you see because they tried to change playing styles so much over the past years from um, Allegri 
to, I think it was uh, Maurizio Sarri to Andre Perlo. And when none of that worked in winning the Champions League, yes, they fought one a few league titles here and there. They go right back to Allegri. And Allegri is... I don't want to be disrespectful and say it, but to me, he's washed up. To me, he needs a new challenge in a new league. He's too defensive. It's not working. And with that being said, on the club spectrum side of it, they don't have the money to get rid of him. Because that's the only reason why um, Allegri is still there. It's going to cost him 30 million euros to get rid of him and his team. Plus, however, it's going to cost him bringing a new coach and their coaching staff. But from a um, playing perspective, Juventus are just bad. They lost to Maccabi Haifa. They lost to PSG. They, they're not even in... Are, are they in the Europa League? I, I, I think they're in they the Europa League. They are in the Europa League, yeah. Yeah, they are in the Europa League, yeah. They are in the Europa League. They, they're just shy of not being in Europe at all. Um, they are not doing so well in the league as well. And, hey, Allegri's hanging on by a third. And they- you want to take a severe? Uh, yeah, well, Sevilla, I am not surprised that they're out of the Champions League because, they, you know, they usually tell us is, you know, winning the Europa League. I believe they're one of the best teams in Europa League as well, six titles or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> United Emery is like one of their best managers that they have had in, to win that trophy as well. And to be honest, they haven't really been good in La Liga and it's been reflected in competing in Europe as well. Uh, but they're home. So, yeah, they're, they're, home. Home. they're in their competition. <laughs> they're home. They're home. Yeah. So I expect them to do really good in the Europa League. They really, it's not nothing new to them. They can win this easily. They're really dangerous in this. But, but we- I, I watched them in uh, La Liga against Real Betis, and boy, that was like a, that was one of the worst matches I've seen. <laughs> you know, well. And I mean, Real Betis versus Sevilla is like one of the most heated derbies in Europe as well. Like three red cards, ten yellow cards. That was crazy. But um, overall, I still expect them to do good in the Europa League. I want to see what they will do. I believe they can reach far in the competition. Of course, they're one of the favorites to win it now as well. Even with you know Arsenal, Juventus, Barcelona, Man United in the competition. So I believe they can do their thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, most definitely. And Ryan, you got Barcelona. Barcelona, alright. How many levers did they pull this summer? And just to get to where they are right now, they're top of the league, but in the Europa League. They're they're in Thursday night football. Oh my. A year ago they were what out of the quarterfinals uh, to I believe it was Frankfurt who ended up winning yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and Barcelona are back in the Europa League. How embarrassing is that? Uh Man, and they were not only they were, were they out, they were out by match day five. That's that true. That would have they're not even going up to the last day. Yeah, they is, they, they needed some kind of miracle uh, match day six. Nah, no, no one. They got no. destroyed by Byron at home 3 0. Inter bested them. They Inter could have kind of shot them dead at match day four when they faced them at the camp now. Yeah. But, uh, so listen, Barcelona, uh, I, they, they're going to be favorites to win this thing. Are they going to focus on it? Uh, Thursday night football is now. It's gonna. It's gonna affect their schedules once right. league football comes back uh, after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do. I, they have the quality to win it. Um, uh, I have a feeling they're going to get embarrassed by a team that's going to sneak up on them. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be uh, anywhere between. Like, I hope they don't face Arsenal. 
but I have a feeling it's going to be like a Monaco or a PSG, Boy, I, I, a I, sneaky I, I, team like that, or even a Sevilla, yeah. who's like the owners of this competition. So, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing Barcelona, Real Madrid, or not Real Madrid, Barcelona and Manchester United in the next section. Hopefully so they could go toe-to-toe, not each other out. Out of those yeah. two underperforming giants, who do you guys think would actually win Barca and United in current form right now? I'd say it'd be United. Honestly, because oh. only because of Barcelona defensive um, proficiencies. Mm. How are you going to start Marcus Alonso as a centre back? <laughs> Fun. Bro, <laughs> it's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could also look at their other option as centre back, Eric Garcia. I, I don't yeah, know. He's he's not really, there either. Yeah, he's not really promising. He's not really promising. Yeah, and then again, like, he's not really promising. And then again, Kunde is injured, and you have Christensen. Oh, no. Some, someone called PK back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. PK back. And Maybe. the rest of the defenders are young, like Alejandro Blade and uh, who's again? Uh, who's is there? Chai Riyad. He's, they're both 19. They're not. They're <laughs> exactly. not really. They're not exactly. really. But and, any of them are better than starting Marcus Alonso as a, as a center back. If he could do it, it is God-given natural position, as people say, a left back. How is he going to defend that center back? Man, get know. out of here. Well, mm-hmm. one center back just retired just like a few days ago. So, so mm. we, we will see. Um, yeah, but I don't, I, I'm going to choose United. Uh, what do you guys think about Ryan, um, Andrew's question? Mm, for United or Barcelona he said current form Um, I don't know United lost today so I'm going to go with Barcelona (laughs) Barcelona have the firepower to put away I'm going to go with Barcelona reason why they have been doing really good in the league and if Xavi actually just stop overthinking and just use what he have Robert Fati and probably Ferran Torres like He'd be completely fine with that front three. Midfielding, they can have it. Play De Young in the pivot. Gavi and Pedri being probably like two eights going forward. The back line, boy, the back, the back line, right? Oh, boy. You know, Javon is right with the defense right now because, I mean, you it's have... It's all over the place. It's all over the place, to be honest. Yeah, why did they, they should have bought Rafinha. They should have probably bought a defender. But then again, they got Christensen and a three, so... But, well, I don't know. They just got the wrong defend- defenders, to be honest. They're not like ball-playing defenders you would say would fit Barcelona system. I don't know. That's, that's just their problem. I'm not yeah. taking it up on my head, to be honest. Exactly. That, but, so, like, but guess what? I'm sorry, you had something to say, Ryan? Well, one thing is with this Europa League, uh, it's going to bring something... It's a, it's it's a lot better with uh, the teams that are dropping out from the true, Champions League. True, true. It creates another format for the group stage games in the Europa League, where now they have to, you know, fight for first place so that they avoid those players. So mm-hmm. it's hopefully it creates more uh, a lot better um, knockout games in the quarterfinals, right, semifinals. Right. Yeah, and Europa so, League is looking really like a lot of people look like you're gonna watch the Europa League this season with yeah. the teams that are in it. So. Making it look yeah. like the Europa Conference League was worth making. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I have a question for everyone here. And I want your honest opinion. If your team is in the Europa League, are you looking forward to winning it? Because when Chelsea was in the Europa League, yeah. I expected them to win it. I don't know why people keep looking down at the European League, European, the Europa League trophy. It is still a European trophy that but many it's teams... Not, 
it, it's it's not the Champions League. It's not the well, Premier Okay, Cup. so all right, so well, not- ask yourself this: If your team was a Champions League level team, Arsenal being the 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 the, the exception, <laughs> um, why are you not putting your eggs in that basket? It guarantees you Champions League football. It's a European trophy, and you get money for it. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't see what. Why, why? Why is it like? Oh, you're in the European League. Oh, that's horrible. No, be proud of it. Be proud of it. <laughs> I can tell you for a fact. When Arsenal dropped into the Europa League, it was like it was so difficult. The reason why it wasn't giving us enough money. Mm-hmm. Then again, it's like just being in this competition is a waste of time. I mean, it's still good to like be in it in certain ways because we don't have a European trophy, but mm-hmm. it, it's just not lucrative for us on that end i mean i checked i checked chelsea getting into the group stage and they got like 80 million like Mm -hmm. we're not getting nothing in europa league we have to be spending more money because we're losing revenue for the past years right now so Mm -hmm. it's just not lucrative for teams who with a big institution like arsenal real madrid you need champions league level money to run your club not your yeah, but, but i mean but also clubs like arsenal as well need to win trophies just for commercial value too right after yeah, certain yeah, periods yeah. of time like for instance like the last cup i think was like the fa cup every like mm-hmm. three four years arsenal needs to continuously win a cup just to keep standards right okay. understand. but that's the exception to what i'm asking because if you think about it if you look at history Arsenal are not a Europa League team. They're a Champions League team. They may not right, have won it, right, exactly. but they're a Champions League level team. Yeah, our, our European right? coefficient is still is still high regardless. So, exactly. Yeah. My but, question more morely applies to like the Leicester cities, the Austin Villas. Yeah. Like if you're in a competition, I, if I was like, I'm going on. My eggs are totally in that basket. Yeah. If, if, I'm gonna finish mid table either way. Mm. I feel like a club right? has to be a st- until they at least win it once. Because you right. got exactly. to win it once. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it also goes to the league that you're in. For instance, the Premier League, the top six, none of them are planning to qualify for the Europa League next exactly. season. Exactly. Everybody mm-hmm. wants up for instantly. Yeah. They want, they want yeah. Champions League. If they're in like, the Europa League, it's like, okay, I got to play it. It's yeah. Thursday Night Football. They like, don't want it. If you realize, like, if the teams in the top six, if they go to the Europa League, they'll be playing like their. Their Z team, I should say. Mm-hmm. They don't want to play their first team or anything like that. But Arsenal would be playing a strong team because we just want to win the competition. We want a trophy. Yeah, because Ar- the level mm-hmm. of football Arsenal is playing right now, it is a must win. It's not yeah, it's a must win. Hey, if you yeah. get to the, no, you're top of the league. You're I saw a quote from um Robin Musto and he said um Arsenal are the best balanced team in, 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 in Europe right now. And the, that is a hundred percent true. I, I, I probably disagree I, because I while I Arsenal disagree. probably has a great mm-hmm. eleven, they don't have mm-hmm. the depth. Like no, yeah, I, we really do not I'm have the depth. I'm referring to just the starting eleven. Okay. From okay. back to oh, front, oh, starting okay, eleven. Okay, okay, okay. But we've seen the Europa League yeah. and league play. Yeah. Their squad is strained right now. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. They get an injury in two or three areas, they're done. And yeah. that's the worst thing about playing both competitions. Honestly, we have had injuries throughout the season. I um, mean, Smith Rowe is the longest injury right now. We miss uh, Tanir, we miss Tamiyasu. Uh, we had Martin was out for a little Zinchenko while. Too. Yeah, Zinchenko was out for a while. So we had injuries. It's just that hmm. we we're still we we're still a bit stable regardless. But, 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 let me, but let me just throw this at you. You guys yeah. don't really... You guys have depth. 
the depth you're looking for are in two positions. Yeah, you need two. two. It's just two. Because think about it. You have yeah. the, the you have adequate defenders. You have an adequate goalkeeper. Nine times out of ten, your goalkeeper is not going to miss the entire majority. majority max, mm. your goalkeeper will miss two injuries, what, ten games? Probably, yeah. You have Tamiyasu. You have um, Tierney. You have Zinchenko. Zinchenko can step into midfield if needed. As yeah, it stands now, yeah. Tamiyasu get his back. And he's on the bench because Ben Wett is in his position. Oh. Right? Rose you have... Center-back. Exactly. You guys have you guys have depth. You just don't have depth in the key position, which would which would be yeah, just a replacement for Saka or Martinelli. I saw and some... even then mm-hmm. didn't Reese Nelson come on and play great play great the other day? You have yeah, a replacement yeah, yeah, yeah. for Jesus in, in, yeah. in um in Ketia. Say whatever well, you want. Uh, say whatever you want and Ketia can fill up fill up fill a void okay, for a yes, while. Yes, yes, yes. He can do it for a while, yes. But have you seen Mongolan or Balagan in France right now? He's like equals He's right now. Yeah, mm. but still, um, I get your point. You are right, and two positions we should need. We need a winger. We need a midfielder as well. Yeah, that's and it. We really need to address those in general if we want to compete for the title going straight down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the way you guys are set up right now, I don't think the players you'd be buying are first team walking players because you don't want to disrupt what you have. I think you're just right. I understand. Players. We don't want to disrupt the the starting XI right now. Mm-hmm. That they so, really messed up really good. So we need players who can just make a you need that player or that players who can just make a difference off the bench or you know filling either time. And I just yeah. thought about this. You don't even need a midfielder. You have five year Vieira. Every time I've seen him play, he's been a baller. I don't True. know what I don't know. And you have Smith worth to come back. So True. realistically, you only need a True. winger. Realistically, you only need a winger. True, but then Sammy Lokanga, he's a big questionable right looked now. now. Yeah, so, uh, okay, it depends so on, yeah, it depends on how he starts to perform. But if he performs good, we just know we go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so you guys have depth. I think it's just for like one position. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, kind of straight off topic here. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get a wrap up. Um, <laughs> Atletico are out of Europe. If you guys could see the <laughs> smile on my face right now. <laughs> we calling for this. All right. I'm not going to go on another rant, and I keep saying this every episode, but we're going to go on a, a mini, miniature rant. Uh, this is just a round-the-table topic. Right. Is this the end of Simeone? Um, I don't think so. Same. I reason why, reason why he he's probably one of the only managers right now who can deal with electrical strains of, you know, having that financial power. And, I mean, he knows the team in and out. He's basically like winger per se. He controls mm-hmm. all the operations right now. I like he, he I don't see nobody else replacing him right now. I don't I don't see nobody right now. Mm-mm. Yep. I, I I agree with you out here. Uh not only that, it's there's third right now in the league. And for what he's done for this club, winning those two league titles within the past ten years. Right. Who yeah. else are they gonna get to really put their you know their foot on this team? I, I remember that he won the European League in like what twenty eleven and you know twenty seventeen as well. So I mean, and yeah, they're out of Europe, uh-huh. so now they just have the league and the Copa del Rey to focus. They just on. gotta try, try. And and... They still played horrible in the league this weekend, so <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> as long as they yeah, make Champions true. League, the owners they yeah, I, they're fine with that. Because if you look at the hmm. market for managers too, it's just like. Yeah, it's not really, really promising, right? No. Like maybe you had yeah. Unai Emery as a chance before Aston Villa. Exactly. If Unai Pochettino. Emery was... Pochettino. 
Project. He's still, I, he's still a good manager a, in my book. I don't think that's a, that's a solid fit for what they have. Sorry. Mm, yeah. I could I could list managers all day. You and know, step it up sorry. You know, sorry. They, you see where Alexis probably in have the, the in La Liga. Yeah, I mean, you know what's funny? They have the attacking players. So Poch might be a good fit for them, most likely. Oh, you don't say! Yeah. You, so what yeah. have I been harping on this yeah. entire yeah, time? Yeah, it's, really, it's, really really it's really... Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is... All right, let's take my favorite player from that team, Joao Felix, out the mix. Angel Correa. Angel Correa, right? Matias Cunha. Graceman. Carrasco. Saul Ninguez. Saul Ninguez. He was good at one point. He was good. He, yeah, he was like good that was I, like I hate him. Years ago, <laughs> I hate him each time in the Champions League against Bayern, man. Annoying, right? But, mm. but I guess what I'm saying, you have brilliant attacking players, bro. Um, Alvaro Morata, Thomas Lamar, <laughs> Morata. <laughs> I'm about to have a fit. This man, to, Thomas Lamar's <laughs> career. Thomas Lamar is like a solid, <laughs> solid above average player, and that's about it. Yeah. No, but when he was at Monaco, he was his trajectory was supposed to be greater <laughs> than what it is now. <laughs> Who took his career, rolled it up in a, in, a, in a little ball, and threw it in the trash? No, but he was supposed to come to Arsenal, though. I remember. That's true. Yeah. I remember that bid. What a ninety million did like day. He said, "Nope, it's good to let go." And Kinda did this to himself. Yeah. I for the play, uh, the what Javier is saying, and what I've been saying, and I think everyone agrees, for the attacking talent you have, and just the quality of that squad, you should be winning game. The way you should be playing should be City esque, Liverpool esque, Arsenal esque, beautiful. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, beautiful free flowing football, and the players he has defensively plus the goalkeeper. Should be solid on the back as well. I would say they're not. They didn't play the free flowing football, but before Griezmann's big move, they were a dangerous opponent to play against. Especially the way that they counterattack. Griezmann was on fire before he moved out, and then Luis Suarez too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think they're struggling a little bit in terms of how they're finishing because they're not getting the goals that they need. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they're good, but they concede cheap goals here and there and that's probably what knock or that is what knocked them out of the Champions League. And you know why they're not creating the goals that they need? Because they're not unleashing their creative players. Which yeah, that does fall a little bit on the managers. A little. Andrew, I'll give you last word on this. What for um Atleti? Atleti. Yeah. I mean my my thoughts were kind of pretty much what I was tuning in with with the with the Simeone there's just no man. There's no market for a manager, really. You're just gonna have to sit there and struggle with what you got. And their financial constraints pretty much are just gonna limit them to stick with the squad they have. So they just pretty much need to focus on. They're probably gonna like back to our debate on the Europa League. They're probably gonna be the ones that ignore the Europa League entirely and focus on the league only. And ensure that they're they get champions. Europe, uh, ensure that yeah, they they're out of Europe totally. Oh, wow. they're out of Europe entirely. So they oh. don't even have that. Yeah. Simeone, a, Simeone oh, says, a, you know what? Let's just go home. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Marseille, Oda, Europe. Um, this was strange because this group, they could have actually topped the group with a win. Um, but Tottenham, Tottenham uh, beat them 
on the final mm-hmm. match day for the Champions League. Uh, it, this was a really good game. Mbamba, Mbamba scored a header. Um, I, I know Kane didn't score. I think it was um, Hoiberg and uh, Bentecourt. He assisted. Yeah, it was both of them. He assisted Hoiberg's goal at the final minute. Yeah, this was... Oh, yeah, that was Why did Tottenham too, play right? like that? Yeah. Tottenham play some negative football, man. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Like, they, ta- like their formation today looked like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tend to play. They tend to start the game so defensively, and only when they get scored on or whatever, that's when they come out their shell. I don't know why they don't start the games um, on the front foot, attacking wise. It just makes no sense. Conte has no cojones. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Shots fired! Shots fired! Yeah, that's a big saver right there. <laughs> and at that point, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Okay, Andrew. MLS Cup final. I'm gonna have you take over. Yeah, it was it was one of those games that literally had everything that you could have possibly wanted in a, in a final match of a football game. Pretty much Philadelphia Union, great great city. Try- I've went to a few of the games leading up to this, and they they're a team that kind of changed their ways from being like a Burnley esque type of team to now they're more like a like imagine Aston Villa if they actually um, played like like to their full potential from like how big they were in the eighties or something like that when they were actually winning trophies then. That's kind of like mm. what Philadelphia Union gave me right now. Mm. They and overall the game was just insane. So it was just essentially back and forth. LAFC opened up the scoring, then Jack Elliott from Philadelphia Union scored back. LAFC came back again in the eighty in around the eighty eighth minute. They ended up going extra time. Jack Elliott again scored scored again. And then in the final, in the finals, few minutes of stoppage time, Gareth Bale, of course, it's him, big man, big man, big moment for big man for the big moment, comes in, scores, and he actually gets the header over Jack Elliott too, which was pretty sad to see. The guy that scored twice for Philadelphia Union also gave up the final goal too. They end up going to penalties. And because of a red card that happened during the game, their special LAFC's specialist goalkeeper for penalties was already in. He ends up get, save, getting three saves and just shutting it out entirely. LAFC won, wins. Back to you, Javon. Yeah. Mm. This was a great game. This game was crazy at the end. Um, Andrew, thank you for your assessment at this game. Wait, you're... You're forgetting something really important. He mentioned the player who actually, you know, contributed contributed to the win, who, you know, won a trophy. Mm-hmm. And the only team he Bro. didn't win a trophy at was that. Yeah, that, yeah. Garrett Bell <laughs> left Tottenham again to go to LAFC and has won a trophy <laughs> Spurs. Again. Like, that was just going bad. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they... I don't Emotional damage! I don't know why they exist. And also, I, I really think, don't know uh, why Tottenham exists. Who is it? Chiellini plays for LAFC as well? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also left. You got a trophy before them. Wow. That is mad. Absolutely crazy. But yeah. Congratulations to LAFC. Um, kudos mm. on the win. This is their mm-hmm. first MLS title. One thing I wanted to touch on. So, real quickly, LAFC, Steve Sharundalo, their head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, one thing I don't know if he realizes is, but USA opened up the World Cup with Wales. Mm-hmm. Why not start Gareth Bale? Tire him out. He came to your class, <laughs> you know, to practice for the World Cup. Tire that man out. I want him to see him exhausted. Instead, he came on for the extra time and scored the <laughs> You're just boosting this man up. Oh. That's, that's my one break with that game. But otherwise, it was a great game for them. I think on Gareth Bale's debut, he did the same thing. He was sub time for like the last couple minutes, and he scores in like stoppage time for the win. Incredible! Just an absolute. Yeah, you can't write this big, big game player right there. Just loves. The Listen, finals. if Bale, if Bale and Wales win because of Bale, uh, I know who to blame here. <laughs> I know who I'm going to. It's not. It's not. It's not Berhalter. I know where to go. Nowhere to go. Thank you, guys. thank you, Andrew, for uh, the MLS one. No, congratulations! Shout out to LAFC and uh, your first MLS Cup win. Right. Over to the Bundesliga. Munich back on top. Where you see Dortmund in good form. Unem Berlin in third. Javier, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all on you, homie. Yeah, boy, you know I'm going to start off Bayern Munich right now. And Triple Montin, boy, he scored a brace in, in, in that match. It was a really crucial game for Bayern Munich as well to go on top of the table against um against uh, Union Berlin, who wanted to go on top as well. They lost five. 5-0 to Bayern Leverkusen. You know, Javi Alonso is also the head, head coach of them right now. And that was really surprising that they lost because Union Berlin is in fine form. And they're actually in second place with just uh, two points behind Bayern Munich. Uh, that Bayern game as well, going back to that, that was a must-win game for Bayern. I know when Bayern started off in the league, they're a bit unstable. You know, the introduction of Mane, they're adapting without Lewandowski. And, you know, Super Montin really stepped up with Lewandowski being absent from, you know, he went to Barcelona. So kudos to him for coming for coming up and you know do the thing. Uh what is that big blow for Bayern and also Canada as well is that Alfonso Davis is out. I know this is kind of the first World Cup since 1986. He got a hamstring injury, so you know, he's gonna miss the World Cup next month, which is sad. Uh I feel sorry for him. Because he worked really hard to get Canada to the World Cup as well. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, they they won. Finally, they won, and they're actually in third place after coming from like what ninth place earlier earlier mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. And you know they won the kid Yusuf uh, Mokoko. I hope I'm not butchering his name. He's like the third youngest player to score a Bundesliga double after Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, and he's such a fantastic striker right now. Like, I know for the past three years in Bayern, um, not Bayern, sorry, Dortmund Reserve, and he's so fantastic. And I believe he is the youngest to reach, what, 10 career Bundesliga goals? Age of 17 and 350 days? Yeah, he's phenomenal. And I hope he continues to, you know, shine and score more goals. Uh, G Arena as well, he scored a penalty. I know Javon Arena, he plays for the United States. Um, I like him on the winger as well. Really talented, and 
he helped to boost Dortmund up to third place right now, just one point behind Union Berlin. So, you know, the Bundesliga is looking really competitive right now as well. Mm-hmm. And what's actually important is that the way how Bundesliga is right now is looking really good. German football is looking really promise- promising. I want to look how they're going to look in the World Cup. I hope you're good. All the team awareness is out. But the league is looking really competitive in years right now. At least we can say Union Berlin might, if they continue on the same path, they might can get Champions League football. But they have 26 points, so they definitely can qualify for Europe overall. Uh, one team that I've seen that drop right now is Leipzig. Pronounce it right, right? Leipzig. Leipzig. <laughs> and, you know, they're sixth place. This is, you know... They have Dominic Sosobai, they have Christopher Nkuku, Timo Werner. So it's really, it's really weird to see them in sixth place because they're always in like in, you know, from first to fourth. And it's, it's really crazy. But um, I want to talk on Freiburg as well. I believe this is one team we still that might get relegated <laughs> in the Bundesliga. But it looked like they're most likely going to make Europe right now. And they look really, really, really good right now. And, you know, the Bundesliga is looking nice. Uh, shout out to Bayern for coming from sixth place to go to first right now. Union Berlin, Freiburg, you're overachieving right now. But that's the Bundesliga right there. Yep, yep, yep. And thank you, Javier. With, yep. It's a, it's always uh, a brilliant, um, always brilliant technical football in in Germany. Right. And yeah. We're excited to see what happens for the rest of the season. I think this, my opinion, and. I would want all of you guys to win. I think it's going to be a more competitive season. I don't think it's going to be a runaway for Bayern this season. Definitely, yeah. And you guys think you, think, you think other teams can actually push Bayern this season? Mm. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a matter of how much the World Cup kind of impacts the season because it's pretty much like, like a two-legged race, essentially. Like one to finish right. this one, and then you have to like pretty much be able to start again exactly from where you left off, like right. before an entire like adrenaline rushing World Cup. I mean, if you if you look at it, the the two teams, the Bundesliga, who um, players who actually go to the World Cup, who are German, is just Bayern Dortmund, just those two major teams. There's the rest of teams. Not quite. Probably, probably the teams like Freiburg and Union Berlin, some of their players are not in the World Cup, so they have a bit of edge coming back from the World Cup, either way, still. But mm. let's kind of see what's going to go so far. Like, I believe Union Berlin and Freiburg can do some damage if they can retain their players. But, yep, yep. Yeah. And we'll see how injuries go. But that's our Bundesliga roundup and discussion. Thank you, guys. And to the best league in the world, I'm calling it the Premier League. And obviously, we're going to start at the biggest game of the weekend. It's the London Derby, Arsenal versus Chelsea. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we, have, we have a balance right here, two Arsenal fans, two Chelsea fans. It's a good balance right now. It's a good balance. And um, you all, you guys know how we do already. We're going to break it down, break down the plate. But uh, I'm going to have the winners kicking off first. Uh, All right. Yeah. Sure. Um, Ryan, you want to start? or? Sure. All right, Yo, go ahead. What a game this was today. Uh, rainy day, north, uh, not North London. It, we took it to the West London. 
third straight win at Stamford Bridge. We went over there. We stole the victory. Three points. Obama Yang, it was nothing personal, but <laughs> West London is red too. <laughs> like, I, I really, this game going into, I was confident that we we're going to win because, okay, we have won our last last games at Stamford Bridge as well. So, I mean, we had to keep that record going. And I know we were going into a better form than Chelsea as well because, you know, what, I believe you had lost your, your last your last league game. Did you lost your last league game? Yeah, for one to Burton. Yeah, right. And Arsenal Arsenal has been on really good form this season. We only lost one game, which is just Man United. We have beat the top six so far. Um, well, Liverpool, uh, Spurs. We only lost to Man United. And, you know, we beat Chelsea today. Um, how, mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you something. This game mm-hmm. that uh, Arsenal, how, how surprised were you by how dominated we were, especially being that um, it was like a, only a 1 0? Honestly, I I was a bit shocked. The reason why I was a bit shocked because Zizenko came in and he's playing really well. I, I didn't about, think he should have started today. Injury. I, didn't, I thought Tenere was going to start with Zizenko actually, but. Um, you know, he does a regular thing, uh, playing from left back, coming into the midfield, slotting in, you know, controlling the game. He really controlled position really well. Um, I still think Chelsea could have scored at least um, one or two goals, maybe. There was but, the one chance, yeah, Havertz yeah, pulled wide. Yeah, I believe of... he I believe he should have he should have scored that. You know, Sterling means Sterling. I was talking about Sterling all the time. And I just, uh, I believe Broja. Really? No, sorry, a banging. Yeah, he was in Silva's back pocket for the until he came off. Mm-hmm. Until he came off, he he only had like eight touches, which is really bad. That is one reason why Arteta got rid of him as well. Uh, you see how important, too. yeah, and you see how important Gabriel Jesus is in the side. Like I see Gabriel Jesus attacking and he's defending in the box. I'm like, what? This guy work rate is so good. And, and the crazy thing mm. is, Jesus, he hasn't scored since the North London derby in the beginning. Yeah, of yeah, right. But does still, that worry you? Um, It kind of does because a striker is supposed to score. But then again, taking away him not being scoring, you can see his movement on the field, helping the team to at least get into positions to score and whatnot like that. Which is one thing Arteta wanted out of a banging, but he's not really that type of striker. Uh, you tried it with Lacazette. He's that type of player, but you know he was declining. But he can get out of Gabriel Jesus definitely. Um, not only, I mean, he doesn't have to score. He has been assisting either way. He's making chances. He passes the ball to Martinelli or Saka or the guard. He scores. You know, he he does everything that he needs, defending and whatnot. Um, on the on the other hand, though, Chelsea, I still think Chelsea could have done much more, knowing that it's a derby and that they have. To win, you have to win a derby as well. You know, not only bragging rights, but you have to go up the table. And Chelsea, they played a really good formation. Just by watching their previous matches, they have been all over the place. But this match, Hutter found the right formation. But I still think he should have started Kovacic. Kovacic would have been able to retain the ball and control the game much better as well than what they have right <laughs> now. Leave the critique into me and I just... Okay, okay, okay. That, I'm, just trying, thing... I, I'm just trying not to be one-sided here, okay? That's one All thing right. I wanted to ask Jovan uh, and Andrew because yeah. I know we touched on it earlier. Yeah, right. Uh, do you think Potter uh, just needs time? It's a bit more of a teething problem with them. Mm-hmm. That's why they yeah, aren't right. gelled? 
Yeah, what I do you mean, think? My overall answer to that is TBD because it, on one hand, it's a bit too early to make any like definitive decision on him. However, he right. like given like the performances that we've had of late, like you can you can reasonably okay. raise those, these kind of questions. Like, is he fit for the job? Like, if we lose a Newcastle next week, I'm going. I'm thinking mm. this entire like World Cup break. Like, is this guy the right guy for the job? Because regardless, uh, Newcastle are hot. Yeah, they're really hot. Regardless, right? yeah, 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 yeah. good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, any of that. We should still be beating these teams, though. That's the thing. Right. True. Well, yeah, but yeah. To the standard work that we expect to be, we should be meeting these right. teams. But even if we were and in brilliant form, I still wouldn't take Newcastle lightly. And, yeah, like, they had a they had a schedule with, with rebuilding right now, which is totally crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, be after yeah. one window. <laughs> yeah, we get into yeah. Newcastle a bit, but but going yeah. back to um what Andrew said, I agree, but I wouldn't make a judgment off of that Newcastle fixture because right. it, a team that's in form, whether you're Playing brilliantly or not, being the opposing team, you can okay. still get beat. I, I think that that, that that's kind no, of a volatile. No, team. and I'm not saying right. Yeah, make, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying to make any judgments, but I'm saying if we see another performance where we look clueless, that's what I'm going to begin to start like thinking about. Think about it. About. Yeah. Like, okay, that, that makes like sense. it becomes like necessary True. to start thinking about, even though on that one hand it's too early. Like it has, a, we don't have a sample size but, big enough. To yet. be honest. To be honest, take it this way. Okay, um, he got the team mid-season, and he has a really good group of superstars per se. Mm-hmm. But he, you say he might be looking clueless or so. It's the same thing with, with Arteta in, in with first instances. He he necessarily didn't get much things right, but with the players that he had, he still you could still see his philosophy being brought out. You know what type of player he needs. Mm-hmm. With Potter right now, you have a new owner. Just try and just try and follow Arsenal foot, footprints or blueprint and just try to give Potter enough time to do what he needs to do. This is he's a type of manager to develop players and mm-hmm. you know make them superstars. But, but yeah, my but, thing but, is, but, is can but, he but, develop he has a group can, yeah. can he develop no. players to this level because he's he, done I see he's done it at like the lower levels where he's brought like right, much yeah. from like when he was teaching at like university level onwards like he's brought players from yeah, that right. level all the way to like brighton's level but can he bring right. players but, to the world class to the top stage mm-hmm. to the, like the eden has can, he, can right. he develop someone into an eden has it but that's the thing that is you never know because they haven't had a whole he will he will he has had time like let's exactly. say okay you have let's say arteta had a couple of um, transfer windows or summer mm. breaks to work yeah. on the players and bringing his type of players. Mm-hmm. Right, Today yeah. we saw Potter play a 4-3-3. For the love of God, I've been begging for this formation. Mm-hmm. And even Arsenal fans, and we have two here, can agree from the goalkeeper to the midfield, while Arsenal was still dominated, we played way better than we did at Brighton and mm. way no, better than we did at was better, yeah. And I agree. Right, what yeah, I, he chose to put as well. Just some hypothetical space on ifs. And we, I, this yeah. pretty much means like a poor performance at Newcastle. And that's where yeah. it just becomes okay. With the sample size okay, we have, I have questions mm. and I need answers. Exactly. <laughs> right, I understand. I, I, I 100%, 100% yeah. agree. And then I get. Oh, the issue. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The issue is the, the question mark still remains. And I've said this to you guys. I haven't said this on the podcast, so I'll say it now. 
it's the same question I've I've had with Tuchel. Build up play can be great, position can be great, but you are showing that you are in a nicer way to say it because I've said they're playing dunce football before. Attacking the execution. Yeah. In a, in, a, in a better way to say it, they are poor or the manager does not know what he's doing offensively. Mm. You want In no... Tuchel's system, they're using fullbacks to get creativity. Mm-hmm. As a primary point of creativity, that should not be the case. In a system, in any football team, your primary point of creativity should always, I believe, my philosophy, should always come from the middle of the park or your attacking players. Hmm. Right? I'm going to pinpoint your point as you finish. Okay. With that being said, look at Arsenal's 4-3-3 versus Chelsea's 4-3-3. Shape, good. Because anyway, anyway you want to cut, chop or slice it, in a back, in a back five... Whatever formation you play, the midfield and defense are going to play great. It's just that they're going to have certain passing passing directions or passing levels set up differently. But going forward, you need to have players. I think Chelsea needs to have players on the top end of the thing that's going to actually create. We needed Kovacic to start this game. And Kovacic didn't start the game because he wasn't fully fit. We needed players to carry the ball from the middle of the park. My, my dream starting lesson for Chelsea right now is Kovacic. Georgina doesn't go five feet near this team. It's Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, Mount in the middle, and you have Pulisic, um, Aubameyang, and Sterling up front. And Sterling now is still iffy. I don't know how you feel about Sterling, Andrew, but I'm starting Pulisic only because the least Pulisic is going to do, he's going to carry the ball. And currently, and if you put both side to side, Sterling loses the ball more for us than Pulisic does. I mean, I would know. Yeah. I, the only thing, while I think you're correct about Pulisic, I would say I wouldn't start him only because I feel like Potter might low-key already made a decision on him because, like, he's getting less lower minutes than Broya. He's getting less than Gallagher. He's getting less than a lot of these other guys out here. Gallagher was something. He gets, like, he gets, he gets <laughs> subbed on in, the, like, the 80-plus minute most times. It's not but even Daniel Zagreb, where it was just like a throwaway mm-hmm. game. He mm-hmm. didn't get on to like the seventy-seventh or eighty something minute. But that's 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 my issue with these coaches, right? But I'm saying if, Havertz will never be a winger, bro. Havertz will never but be that's a winger. Where it's like, he can play as a false nine. But that's what I'm saying. Where it's like if it's this many, if it's this many coaches in a row, where it's been Lampard who has been hesitant until like Pulisic. Like, actually pulled into form then Tuchel being hesitant and now Potter's also hesitant it's just like there's a clear pattern here with that and then he was, Tuchel was also pattern. hesitant when he was at Dortmund yeah but I understand what you're saying but I'm looking at it for what it is on as face yeah, and I face agree value. with that and I honestly do agree with that but I'm saying that only for that sole reason where it's like clearly some these mm-hmm. managers are seeing something to him we're not that's the only reason I got that, to, I, I push back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. But I'm looking on the field, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, when Pulisic comes on, <laughs> what, throw away everything you saw in training because we're talking about match day and what happened. He solves situations, right? He produces. He gets us up the field. Everybody right. else is stupid offensively. <laughs> Might as well have someone on the field that's stupid offensively that brings us up the field and does what he's supposed to do. Am I wrong, guys? 
Yeah, yeah. Kante. Yeah. We we've been relying on Kante. We've been relying on players like Hazard for so long too. Like for instance, like the last yeah. since 2013-14 till now, when Hazard has been here from 13-14 through 18-19, we had we lost one time at home. Between mm-hmm. 1920 and 22-23 when it's gone now, we've lost eight times. Like Exactly. We lost seven it, it, more times in this past four years without Hazard than with him. Like, it's ridiculous. We need players. What Chelsea needs is a coach that's going to play players in their correct position, figure out what they're best in, and play them in that position. Half of our issues is resides on the side of trying to play a player in a position that they're not naturally fit for. Like, okay... Um, perfect example. There were talks about using Reese James at right wing. Mm? So you're using Sterling and, and, and Pulisic to natural <laughs> wingers that <laughs> on form gives you natural creativity. You're using them as a wing back. I'll say I'll take Reese James at Georginio. Jorginho. Jorginho is not that he's a bad player, but everyone knows it. You, if Georgina's on the field and you want to beat Chelsea, one of the options are to target Jorginho. He's horrible on the ball, can't win the ball back, cannot retain the ball. He just passes the ball, keeps the play moving. You have a ton of players that can do that. He should not touch this team. For where the team wants to be, he should not be near this team. And mm. say what you want, Jorginho won this, Jorginho. Jorginho won all of that because of Conte and the, and the ground Conte covers. If Kante isn't there, it's because of Kovacic and the ground Kovacic covers. And everyone knows Kovacic brings the ball upfield, breaks up play, and literally carries the ball to leave at the, uh, the striker feet. Going back to the game and how we played. We played Arsenal dominated, if I'm being honest. Arsenal dominated. We got played off the park. But at the same time, the positives that I take from this game is that Arsenal didn't create a lot of clear-cut chances, and that was because of us. That was because we had people in the middle to defend when they were supposed to defend. The, the one game, the one goal came off a set-piece. We had chances to create, which is what's frustrating on me. Uh, what's frustrating me. Havertz played as a false nine and as a winger at times in this game. Yeah. Three, three, three game changes decision. The first one, he was on the right hand side in the first half. If he had just pulled the ball back instead of trying to whip the cross, whip up whip the ball across. If he had pulled it back, he had Sterling and Abayang waiting in the middle. The second one, he's tried to shoot at the keeper instead of pulling back. Havertz is frustrating. He's good and bad at the same time. And honestly, I don't know. We just need Tuchel. I saw a quote that says Tuchel um, stated we have the same problem because we have the same players, and it's true at this point. Yeah, because I think this and I think we need to like seriously start questioning Havertz's ability in the upcoming like season because one his contract is running down. Like I think he's gonna be down like two years left after this season. It's like what have we gotten out of him for seventy no. Like he's he's practically it's like it's like it's like we couldn't have just like not played and like Arsenal did Nicolas Pepe when they realized they weren't gonna get the player they wanted out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, let's wrap up this thing because it's tough for time. Um, and final thoughts, everybody. 
Mm. Well, if it's my thoughts is a really good game and Arsenal just needs to take every game step well game by game and just try and do the best to win. This is our best start in recent times and in in 150 games, uh this is Arteta's best start. I believe he won eighty seven games in total at Arsenal, which is like one of the best out of yeah, all better, the managers in, in, in Arsenal history. So Yeah. Better win percentage than Finger, so Yep. So yeah. Let's keep this going. Let's ride this train. Let's beat Wolves next week. Let's finish top of the league for the World Cup break. I'm looking forward need to it. it. Need it. Mm-hmm. Yep. If, Bar- if Arsenal can keep this up and everything goes their way to keep their 11 playing every game that they need them to play, then they have a really solid chance at getting some good silverware this season. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, as much as my arch nemesis, hats off to a man. Like, I. I'd, I'd want to see that league tackle come back to London. I'm not a toxic fan. I'd like to see that league tackle come back to London. Look, and um, it, yeah, they deserve it. They, it's been years, and we want to see them back at the top. Uh, love and respect. Um, I'll admit it's better to have it in London than Merseyside, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's still better to be with you guys than the Lily Whites. I'll give you that. Oh, uh, fair enough. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Red, you got the floor. All right, guys, this was a great week for the Premier League. One of the best so far this season. Uh, we'll kick it off. Leeds and Bournemouth, thriller, 4-3. Somerville scores again, wins it for them. Uh, Manchester City face Fulham. Kinsella gets himself sent off. Then, uh, as Fulham pull themselves back, Rob, uh, Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. Uh. come on, what do you do, <laughs> just stick to your man, instead they shoot themselves in the foot, City win, and of course they put themselves oh, on top no. of the league temporarily, Brentford, uh, Nottingham Forest, <laughs> Brentford, oh man, without Ivan Tony. same thing, they shot themselves in the foot, own goal right at the dying minutes of the game, 2-2 in that game, Brighton, don't take them lightly, they are looking good this season, no Potter, mm-hmm. no problem. 3-2, win away at Wolves. Leicester City, they're starting to come back up, guys. They are looking good. Madison pulling the strings, finding, who was it, Barnes, and as well as Telemans, 2-0 win away at Everton. Oh. Guys, this was all on Saturday. Sunday was even better. To, I'm telling you what, Javier, I had a great day today. Oh, same, Arsenal. Same, same. Arsenal. They win, a, they win at Chelsea. Gabriel Magalhães telling Tatichi, call me mm. up. Don't call Tiago Silva up. Call mm. me up. I will play for Brazil. That's what he's telling them. And then the next game. Oh, Just leave him out. Just leave him out. Just leave him out. Just leave the old man at home. And I like me some Tiago. Listen, he's a hell of a player. Who do you honestly want to play for this and it's, and, and, and I tell you right now, Militao in, in the back, Milita- I'll take Militao all day along with Diego Carlos. If it's not Diego Carlos, I'll take Militao and... Um, I'll tell you what, I think, it, it, I think it's going to be Marquinhos and I think it's going to be Thiago Silva. I think it's going to be those two. Yeah, they need experience at the back. They need experience at the back, for real. I think Militao will play, but maybe right back. Mm. I could see him doing that there too. Um, right back hasn't been our best. They could. They're going to look to control the games. And as long you don't need Tiago Silva for pace because I mean. he's always in a good position. And if anything, you got Militao and you got Marquinhos that could do that. Yeah. But 
Join us next week, guys, as you recap as you preview World Cup. But continue, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Back to uh, the the recap of the Premier League. Aston Villa wiping the floor. Manchester United. A little bit of seat. shades of Brentford. You know, seat. when they Love blitzed the them. Seat. Oh, man. I've noticed United a trend with United. Back. Every time Ten Hag starts uh, Ronaldo, they lose. And they lose really bad. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, there's, there's something there with that. Don't forget, don't forget United's back. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, here we go. Unai Emery, good evening, everybody. Good evening. <laughs> Leave this oh, man alone, Javier. Leave him oh. alone. He's a good coach. Leave him alone. Uh, Newcastle. Oh, dude, they're the team this season. If you don't know who to support for, go for Newcastle. They're going to be the team in the next couple of years to be the dynasty. They're going to take over City. Oh, man. And now Miron, six goals in seven games. What a player, man. Wow, great He's finding right form. Now. Mm-hmm. Like, like Grealish missed some comments about him, man. Like, I'm yeah, gonna really shut him up. Yeah, yo, it, that spurred him on. Crystal Palace winning away 2-1 at West Ham. Zaha again in the goals, and then of course one of the big matches of the week: Liverpool taking on Tottenham. Liverpool snuck away with a 2-1 victory. Salah with two goals. Salah is back. <laughs> he stuck one back, but For man, they period. they stuck it out and they won it big. Liverpool, first away win this season, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How'd, wow. you guys, uh, how'd you guys feel about that Liverpool-Tottenham game? Boy, as I said before, like Tottenham always plays on negative water of football, and their formation today looked like a Christmas tree. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm just happy that they, they lost. I'm just happy that they lost. You know, all the way rivals, but man, it's just, I just it's don't like... It's just depressing. sad. I don't know, I don't know why they, they're, they're even in the league. I really don't know why. I heard it in the way. They're just there. Mm-mm-mm. And they don't win anything. They're just there. <laughs> it's, it's been a theme with They're Tottenham where older. every game they just start out so negatively. They they trail at halftime and then it's like, oh, Conte, hey, you guys are losing. Why don't you go out there, play some ball? And guess what? That's what they did. They put pressure on um, Liverpool. They were like, oh, let's pressure Trent. Guess what? They pushed him back a lot. Even though the goal came from Kulisevsky coming in, and he's back. He's looking good. He fed Harry Kane, got the, not the equalizer, but I thought they were going to go in and equalize, but they just couldn't find that second goal. Yeah, because you know what? They left brilliant football too late in the game. You cannot do that every game. You cannot start the game negatively and then want to bounce back. Oh, hey, guys, let's start playing because we're losing. No, that's not how it works. You have to take the game by the scruff of the neck. You have to take the game and boss the game. I'm not saying you're going to dominate the entire 90 minutes, but at least start the game on a positive Especially point. at the ability and, to, because they clearly showed in the second half. Exactly. So, uh, as, as Andrew would say, they're very Spursy and Spursism <laughs> is real. <laughs> but they're leaving the Spursy moments in the first half. They're, they're just flipping the whole Spursy meaning of it, and they're just bottling it first, and then they're just trying to, you know, trying to put it back together. It's, and it's, it's Spursy on aggregate, though. <laughs> put that on a t-shirt I like that oh boy there you guys have it Ryan and the, and the boys um, gave us a perfect recap of that game the one thing I wanted to touch on just before we get out of here guys Ast- Leon Bailey in that Aston Villa United oh. game he was the man yeah he'd be so wanting them that was scary. That, right? yeah. that free kick from Luca Dean. Oh, oh my I'll God. I'll tell you what. 
De Gea should have saved that. You, oh, yeah. if you look at the way, if you look at when he was coming in, he stutters and hesitates. Yeah. You know, the ball is clearly coming towards his left hand. You know, he's that way to the World Cup as well. Yeah, he wasn't called up, and oh, to be honest, I, I thought uh, Unai Simeon from Atletico Bilbao is a better choice. Yeah. I, I think David Raya from Brentford, he's a better choice, and I think. Uh, Kepa. Yeah. I don't think Kepa was called up, was he? Because oh, no. uh, Brighton's goalie, he was called up, uh, Sanchez. And he's mm. he's having a good season, too. And I, I think he yeah, deserves right. it. Yeah, Sanchez. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And Michael yeah. Elise is well, yeah. Big shout out. Cobb and Brad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last yeah. minute. Ten mm-hmm. falls flat on his face. <laughs> 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 Amarando. Amarando's been balling. I know I'm all over the place, yeah, but yeah. I gotta give it to Amarando, bro. Mm-hmm. Amaran's yeah, been good, man. Definitely. Newcastle looks looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys view Newcastle um last set of games. They've been winning by two goals or more, no? Right. They've yeah. been scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you, three three goals almost every game. Them mm-hmm. being being built right now, they're they're way ahead of schedule, right? Oh yeah, way mm-hmm. ahead. Credit to Eddie Howe for what he's doing. Yep. Yeah. Who knew? Because remember when Eddie Howe was coaching um, Bournemouth, everyone was like, okay, he's a good manager. He took him out, took him out from the championship, brought him to the league. They survived, I think, two seasons. Mm-hmm. But that's about, that's the most he's going to do. He's third in the Premier League with Newcastle. He's mm-hmm. actually a good coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's always good. And now, yeah. like, Newcastle, they, they got the right people in the board as well. They got some good recruitment in the board, the backroom staff. So they are a good good part right now. Just need to continue recruiting the right players and just do the thing. They're in top four right now, so Yeah, what what you know yeah. what, you know the thing is with Newcastle is that they're getting the recruitment right straight off the bat, which is what I really don't like. Because they have a bunch of resources. They have endless yes. resources and it's every really player scary. that they've been bringing in has been contributing heavy. Like look at mm-hmm. Trippier. Yeah. And Trippier, everybody knows like, their role. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think they took a page out of City's book when they f- did the financial takeover. They're not just buying people and giving believe, them money. They're, I believe, they're actually. <laughs> I believe yeah. they have. I believe they have someone from City as well in the backroom staff. I'm not really sure, but I was reading over the summer when they're getting um new new staff, and I believe they have got someone from City as well. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they spent as much as they should be spending, and exactly. They still have. There's a lot more to come from this oh, Newcastle yeah. team, oh, which yeah. is really, which is really scary. And that's the scary part. But mm-hmm. hey, guys, watch out for Newcastle, and they will see what happens. And that brings us to the end of the final whistle podcast. Join us next week on our pre-World Cup episode, where we will be discussing nothing but the World Cup. And Andrew, Ryan, Javier, and I will go over the group stages, the group teams in the World Cup and who we expect to get out and we'll run through some history with you guys. Thank you guys for joining us at the final whistle. I'm your host, Javier, and I'm here with my co-host, Jose, my co-host. Well, you know, I always say it is me, Javier. Mm-hmm. And we got Ryan and Andrew. It's really good to have you all here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really good discussion. Really mm-hmm. good. Really you fun. You I you know, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, appreciate yeah. Thank you guys for having us. Please follow us on Instagram at the Final Whistle Podcast. That's the one with the blue logo and the ball. Uh, please follow us at the Final Whistle. 
without the e at the end and replace it with a ten on Twitter, and you can email us at uh, the final whistle twenty twenty two at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. I'm your host Javon, and I'll catch you guys on the flip. Peace.